it all begins with a belief in yourself uh, and a belief in your own humanity. And I think if you're here now listening, you're alive on earth and you won that lottery to be a human being in the greatest time ever, then just realizing that you deserve what it is that you believe in, that your dreams are were given to you and you alone, the whispers that you have in your ears when you wake up and when you go to bed are for you. They're not meant to other, for other people. So you don't need other people's um, uh, backing by that, whether it's family or friends, you don't need anyone to rally around you and support you for that. You just need to believe in you and then believe and trust that everything you need is somewhere in your uh, head, heart and hips. And, and then just to believe in that and then to go for it. Welcome back everyone to episode number 28 of the Johnny Rogers Show. My guest today is known as Lou Handy on the show Oh Yuck. He's the owner of Laughing Viking Studio, director of the Actors Audition Club, plus he's a stand-up comedian with a show coming up on February 27th at Bracebridge Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and yours, Lars Classington. Hey, hey. Hey. That's me. Nice condo with a yeah. captain's hat on. Yeah, yeah. Are, uh, are viewers at home seeing this right now? Or are they just listening to us? <laughs> are they getting a load of this right now? <laughs> is it is it audio people, and video? Watching, yeah, yeah, it's both. Yeah, the people it watching is. on Oh, video, okay. That'd be such oh, a so we're live right now. That was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the live. Oh, okay. Good. I hope I uh, was looking like I was on camera at the beginning of that intro. I might have just been <laughs> standing around, like, scratching myself. Board. Yeah, I thought I was backstage. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think what I do is I always do a speaker view for the Zoom camera. So it's like whenever someone's talking, it'll just flip back and forth. I think it works Perfect. better because then the person watching at home is just like, it's like they're sitting right across from you as you're answering it. Right, right. Well, people at home, this is my future residence. This is uh, one of the most prestigious uh, penthouses in New York City. It's actually for sale right now. And I've been working a lot on manifestation and vision boards and just up in my game. Uh, so this is 150 Central Park South. Uh, it's on the road that's on the south end of Central Park. When you look out the balcony, you see all of Central Park. Uh, it's only 20, it's on sale right now for $22.5 million. Oh, so uh, I decided to get it for free. Uh, and all you got to do is take a screenshot and slap <laughs> it behind you. And now I live at the most prestigious penthouse in New York City. I think Jay-Z and Beyonce are coming over for a swim. <laughs> we have an infinity pool on the edge. They're coming later. Uh, Derek Jeter, I think, is also coming over. I'm going to grill up some hot dogs, some ballpark franks for him. Maybe toss, toss around the old baseball. Yeah, you should come sometimes. Check it out. Grand I'll piano. I be down. I don't know right about here. those floating stairs, though. Those things freak me out. Nah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Let's yeah, slide yeah. right through the cracks of theirs. Have one too many drinks. And can I show you something? Let me show you something real special. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I've, well, let, let me just, sh I'll demonstrate it first. So watch, I'm going to walk to the back of the, the living room here. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so I've installed a security shield, an invisible shield, like. <laughs> a um, field. Yeah, like a force field so that I can be chilling. Like if me, Jay-Z, Lauren Michaels, 
all the Saturday Night Live guys, Derek Jeter in there. We can't have any riffraff just getting at us. So if they, if they try and get to us, it's like just slam a zoo. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That'd be so great. Actually, that happened. Who uh, I can't remember who it was, but I remember there was like this celebrity family that was like on vacation out on a beach, and like the one shot that you see of them, they're like by themselves basically on the beach, and it's like close up, and you're like, oh, that's so nice. And then there was another shot and it's like a little bit further out and you see about a hundred paparazzi just like lined nice. up behind this wall, like snapping photos of just them by themselves on the beach. <laughs> the whole town, it's just the whole, all of the rest of the city, just watching them. They look, I, I once sat on that sand. I sat <laughs> on that same sand. <laughs> as soon as they leave, they're scooping that shit up in a jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, genuine. This is official. Kilo's ass touched the sand. Thirty dollars. <laughs> that's worth was, it. That's worth it. I'd pay thirty that. bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, that's worth thirty dollars. Easy. We created a whole new business here, Lars. I was new in business Michael's ideas. The other day, and they were selling literal rocks in in a mm. jar, like rocks right. that you could just and get I, from the beach. I bet none of those rocks touched JLo's butt either. Uh -uh, exactly. That's those, are just regular, those are just, <laughs> those are just regular, regular rocks. Buttless they were 15 rocks. bucks flat. Mm, nobody's going to buy their rocks once we unleash butt sand. JLo's butt rocks. <laughs> <laughs> or celebrity butt rocks. You yeah. just have rocks that celebrities' butts have touched. Yeah. yeah. You tired of sitting on a beach that a celebrity's ass has not also touched? <laughs> Do you want to feel like royalty? Yeah. I'm the celebrity butt rocks. Dot com. <laughs> dot com. There we go. Damn it. Somebody's probably taking that right now. Yeah. Since well, we can grab dot org. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks a little less out. shady. Well, now that we talked about what we planned on talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all of it. No. Johnny booked me on the uh, on the podcast. He's like, "Hey, you, uh, you want to come on the podcast and uh, talk about uh, ass sand?" <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. said, "Yes, it's about Except time. Somebody hour. needs to bring that conversation <laughs> to the front of the world right now. This is exactly what the world needs." I don't want to be talking about the truck of the Freedom Convoy or mm -mm. COVID. Mm -mm. No. Celebrity no. ass rock is where my true passions lie. Yes, we, we won't say the C word or the V word tonight. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not going to happen. Cut and that. <laughs> Don't say it. The disease that it. shall not be named. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm good on that shit. I'm good on that. Right. Oh, I'm ready for that. I just wanted a new one to come along. So there's something new to talk about. Yeah. Like, right. And then we will all be like, oh, remember the good old days with uh, old 19? It was just your throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's your knees like fuck mm. no i was gonna say this is this is the I, I wanted to make a point of this on on this episode um not not anything to do with you it could have been any guess i still would have made this point after discovering this this is about like the six minute mark probably around there in the podcast i was just looking at youtube retention what what are you guys doing you're all like capping off at like seven eight stay with us of an hour stay with That's, us we're not even at the best part yet the hasn't even real, started yet it hasn't even started the real funny doesn't even come to like at least 45. <laughs> a lot of just ran into a wall again you would have missed that if you just left at five minutes come on make like, better life retention decisions. rate <laughs> yeah what are you what are you watching anyways you're just gonna go watch a fail video or some weird asmr 
No, he's going to miss Logan Paul. Asbrock talk. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is also our new podcast. Right. Subscribe, like, comment, subscribe. It's another channel. Like, comment, subscribe. I always joke with everyone that like the first podcast that uh, we did together was just all the croissants and cucumber water. I think mm. I brought that up with Anto too. Like we just got way too baked, and that was all we talked about for the entire. Yeah, time. that was a that was a weird phase. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting because speaking of that, um, so to fully explain that in this episode. Uh, for those of you listeners and viewers who don't know what Johnny or I is talking about right now, oh, uh, I'm here at Laughing Viking Studio. In fact, this is a green screen behind me. Sorry to sorry to lift the veil uh, oh here God. at the Wizard of Oz's house, uh, but I'm at Laughing Viking Studio in Toronto. And our back room, which we use for a lot of audition sessions for actors doing their self tapes and a lot of podcasting. Johnny, uh, you were one of the first users of Laughing Vikings. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> users, that sounds like a needle thing. Yeah, You're yeah, one yeah. of the first users. Just little room for an hour. Yeah, yeah. So in 2017, we started Laughing Vikings here in Toronto, and Johnny was one of the first people to to rent the studio and use it for his uh, podcast, Pod Jobs. And because I was here, I just kind of became like de facto extra guest slash co-host, and and so that I got to best. hop on a bunch of a bunch of episodes. And yeah, we'd, we'd go outside. Uh, often our the guests of your podcast would bring weed and marijuana of some sort, uh, either edibles or uh, smokables. And we would indulge in those and then go in the back room and who knows where the podcast would go. Those are just like archive buried episodes at this point. I remember like going back to try to find them on the computer because um, it was before like Anchor and all these like really easy accessible ways now to upload your podcast. You had to upload it to Libsyn and you had to pay like a monthly subscription. And then if you, so if you stop paying, they just take down all the episodes. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Like, just there was buried. like 16 it's just on a hard, episodes. <laughs> it's on a hard drive somewhere in Arizona right now. Just, just an, old, an old warehouse full of hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> full of failed podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like the land land of misfit. Yeah, it's like the the land of misfit toys. It's just the the land of failed podcasts. <laughs> like there's a million started every year, but like the percentage oh, that. that probably gets to double digits is uh, like that's that's the song off point. What yeah. episode is this? What episode is this? This is twenty eight. So Ooh, I'm, that's yeah, healthy. I'm just getting, getting back into it. I'm trying to commit to two episodes a week, but I don't always uh, I don't always nice. stick to it. At least one. At least one yeah, episode yeah. going up a week. That's so. steady. <laughs> People That's listening steady. are like, you got to give me something, dude. <laughs> I go listen to the first 27. You're yeah, going to stop this one right now. Go catch up with the first 27 and then it's, come back. It's chronological. To It'll make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> you get to watch yeah, yeah, my mustache help. slowly develop and then get <laughs> shaved off. <laughs> no, you're, uh, let's get into the word of the podcast, though. You Ooh, wanted okay. to talk about yeah. growth. Um, yeah, so I was, so I was this, I've never got homework before uh, yeah. being a guest on a podcast. And he said, think of one word to start the podcast. And really the theme, I think of like the last year or two of my life since really since uh, the, the pandemic is has been just growth. I think that's what I settled on after after the initial freak out of what is happening what is my life going to be? How do you be an actor and or a live performer as a comedian when the world is shut down and nobody's allowed to go anywhere? Uh, after that initial 
first four months and as things have uh, slowly but surely started to um, adapt and change to this new world, I was like, okay, if I was, I, at some point early on, I had the thought of if I was truly like locked down, like if I was in a jail cell, um, uh, like solitary confinement, what would I do? And it would be, if I had an opportunity, I would just learn new things, read books or listen to podcasts or uh, read blogs and, uh, and work out. That was, that would be all I would do. I would just do like push-ups, push-ups and air squats and lunges and um, things like that. And then just read books to try to get better so that eventually when I'm out of that scenario, I'm at least um, a better version of myself. So that's, that's where growth came from. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I found that um, I like the word growth because like it's it's something that you can see so easily in other people um, without actually like bearing witness to the, the process of, of what happened. Like you, I, I see you like growing so much over these last couple of years. Look at it. He's looking great. He's working out you know what <laughs> I mean? like, both physically, mentally and in business. <laughs> you've grown so much your arms are at least 28 inches <laughs> i'm not even talking about like the business yeah that's 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 why i said growth it was like yeah. any chance i get to flash the biceps on a podcast by the way if you are li- if you are if you're only listening right now you're not getting any of this <laughs> i was just flexing for the camera it was human growth hormone that he wanted to right that's about. what i meant yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 actually i meant hgh is that was my word yeah no, but like I, you see all of this and you're like, oh, that's that's amazing. Like it, it's all it's all paid off. But then you don't see the four months of like somebody going through it where they're just and I think we need to talk more about like those parts specifically and giving out like tools of what what did you depend on to get you out? Was it working out that like, you know, kind of helped you those days where you were like feeling that hopelessness or that loss or because like we all want growth. Like everyone, everyone wants growth, even people who like seem like they're not going anywhere. They still crave the idea of it. Right. But it's like, how do you motivate yourself to work towards growth? You want me to answer that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, me, I stumbled upon uh, early pandemic. I stumbled upon a man selling magic beans and I was like, hmm, hmm." turns out there were NFTs and uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Much like your background, you could just take a screenshot of them. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Repeat the question. Sorry, I'm goofing around here, but it is no, a, it's a great question. Yeah, I was just kind of saying, you, like, like what, what do you do in those, what did you do even, like, you can give a personal example if you want to, but, like, in those moments where you're feeling like shit, like, where you're feeling that kind of hopelessness, what's the, is there a turnover point, like, immediately for you where it's like, oh, I see the growth, or is it, you know, what is it? Like, what's the thing that pulls you out of that, like, rut? Um... I'll give you a two-part answer. For me, it was always making a decision to control what I can control and to let go of things that I can't. I can't control government mandates and shutdowns and a virus and hospitalizations and death counts and all of, all of that stuff happening. So I just made the decision like, 
what can I do that I can use this time, especially during the time where there was that like pause where nobody was really doing anything. So everyone had to stare themselves directly in the mirror and face their own inner thoughts mm -hmm. and monologue and be like, who am I really? Um, for me, it was just a decision to invest in myself and invest in learning. And I've had the, not that I haven't been working, I've still been performing either virtually in Zoom and, and TV and film has continued to, to plug away after that first four month shutdown. Um, so I've been still working in, in that side of things, but way less live performances. So I just made the decision, I'm gonna use this time rather than sit on my, I, my hands idly twiddling my thumbs and lamenting, oh, woe is me, my life has been taken away from me. It was just, I'm gonna invest in myself um, so personally, I invested in some digital online marketing, uh, like uh, business tools and business training, online digital marketing. And, and uh, yeah, I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Uh, specifically, Brendan Burchard is a, is a top um, business coach and uh, uh, personal growth coach. Uh, funny, fun, funnily enough, he runs a, his app is called growthday.com. So that was like very early on. That was just me realizing okay, the future is digital. Uh, I realized anyone who didn't have a strong web presence or uh, was producing regular content online, if you have your live performances take away, taken away from you, you, you don't have any revenue source or a yeah. performance platform. So it was like, okay, this needs to be the impetus that makes me make a full digital pivot, which I should have done and everyone should have done long before being forced by the pandemic. Um, so that was enrolling in that it was a program called Influencer Business Program. Uh, and then the second thing right after that was I enrolled in a ton of uh, acting classes, workshops via Zoom, specifically Tom Todorov's conservatory. They did a weekly, uh, a weekly workshop, like five hours every Saturday, where which is more acting training than I've ever had ever. So it was like going really like going back to school. And that was five hours every Saturday. And I went every week for a year during the pandemic. So that was kind of like my, uh, not kind of, uh, it was like my church every week to yeah. have a discipline and, and be learning the craft yeah. and the arts and showing up to a community, all of those things. Um, and then that led, I ended up from that weekly workshop, decided to go deeper. And I've uh, in September, I joined their conservatory. So I'm legit back to school doing 20 hours a week of, uh, scene study, scene analysis, voice and speech, movement classes, improv classes, film history, film production, theater history, um, uh, like across the gamut, um, business of acting, commercial acting, voiceover, like literally everything that you could possibly take uh, in a curriculum. Shakespeare, which I fucking love too. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just realizing like I should be investing uh, in myself and as a professional. I think if you're a professional, if you aspire to be a professional anything, especially an artist, if you're looking to make the jump from being an artist who does it on the side as a creative expression and, and you deal with your money another way um, and you wanna become someone who is paid by their art, you have to get that to a professional level, meaning people are paying you for it, but that also I think implies um, investing in yourself as well mm -hmm. so that you're up leveling like your equipment if you're if you have a podcast you're buying better podcast equipment you're buying lights you're upgrading your your laptop you're upgrading your internet connection you're taking classes you're investing in yourself um and ultimately that's like the reason i chose the word growth is because i think i think the scientific definition of life 
is growth. I think without growth, what you're looking at is, yeah. is not some, well, uh, yeah, I mean, life in the scientific form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of course, love. Yeah, that, those would be my other words. It would be, it would be growth, love and gratitude, I think would be the three things. If you have all of those things, lead with love, make your decisions and actions and words based from love rather than based out of fear, have fucking gratitude for everything like crazy every day. Those two things alone, you're going to be good. And then you add yeah. a sprinkle of growth where every day you're getting a little bit better. Maybe you're making things better for your life, for your future, for your community. Um, I don't know what else you'd really yeah. strive. Like money will come from that. It will follow. Opportunities it's will follow. The money that's the problem, right? Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the starting a podcast and being like, how do I make this make me money? And that's your first thought. It's like, that should be the first, the first thing that your mind goes to. But I really right. agree with you when you're talking about like having having that thing that you're like committed to doing uh, on a regular schedule. I think once we like get out of school, um, we like almost miss that part of that structure where there's like there's a reason why there's like certain schedules set up with like rewards rewards being like your report card to show how much you've grown at the end of the thing and you look forward to that so you work hard and you show up every single day but it's like once you get out of that schooling system uh people confuse the schooling system with like scheduling i think so they think like scheduling something then means it's it's work and not work in terms of like work where you'll see positive growth but work like oh i don't want to do that like that kind right. of you know like the whole reason why i didn't keep doing pod jobs was because it felt like work and not like work that i liked doing like there's a huge difference between those two you can show up and put in the work but like right. you gotta really enjoy what you're doing or at least be super invested in the outcome and that's yeah like, well yeah one of the challenges, I mean, you mentioned the schooling system is one of the challenge. I mean, I can't speak directly from it because I'm not a teacher and I'm not involved in curriculum. So um, I can't speak currently today, but um, I, I think a, a giant challenge with the school system is it is it sort of is there to indoctrinate indoctrinate people into an employee mentality where it's step in line, sit this way, sit in rows, don't make mistakes um you want to get a good score you want to keep your teacher happy um all those sort of things uh rather than and it's also laying a curriculum in front of you rather than having sort of like here's the world and a buffet of things that you can be interested in and, and want to spend your time on what are you interested in versus like places that are more self-directed so yeah i i've i started to have that feeling of I mean, I've never done, I've done, I've done workshops and like classes and online classes, bits and pieces here and there, but nothing as consistent as weekly for a year, every, every Saturday, or mm -hmm. now Monday, eight months of 20 hours a week, plus all kinds of rehearsal and, and project yeah. time after that. So I, but I started to really think like the, the person to the point where now I really pity someone who saw high school or even the end of university as the end of their education. And that was oh, it. Yeah. And then they're yeah. now they're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And they're like education wise and growth wise are the same person they were when they're 25. That doesn't make any sense to me. So that's why I was yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to learn, 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 invest, invest, invest. And a big part of that for me this year was, was financially making the leap. Like you can you, with YouTube university and all those things, if you even scratch and claw and find 
almost all the world's information and training for free. But I, in many areas, and fitness is one of those as well, where I forked over more actual tangible money. Uh, because one of the things I heard through one of my business coaches was um, from James Wedmore through his program Business by Design. He says the transaction, uh, the transformation begins with the transaction. So there's something about the energy of money and getting skin in the game where, um, I mean, you can sign up for a free challenge or you can watch like 100 hours of YouTube channels and you yeah. could learn all that. Um, learning it's not enough. You got to learn it and then implement it. It's like, unless no point in learning something if it's not going to influence your actions yeah. at the end. But usually like you give money to a trainer or you give money to like actual money to a coach, then you you have skin in the game, you show up and then you feel like a, an idiot if you're not implementing that. Or in the case of fitness, if you're paying a trainer, then you feel like a goof if you go out every night eating pizza and, and McDonald's because yeah, you're, you're like, like well, I'm wasting all this. Yeah, I'm wasting yeah, all this money. Yeah. So that was a big part like this. More than any time in my life this year, I've invested more money into my own profession, like equipment and gear and having mics and having all the laptops and stuff for live streaming, stuff for in-person shows, and then just training, whether it's acting training, voice training, performance training, all of those things, um, business training. Like, it's just like, I'm just going to invest the fuck out of myself yeah, and then, and then reap the rewards rather than what do you invest in? Otherwise you can invest in Uber Eats. entertainment only <laughs> and things. What did you say? I said Uber Eats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think you should spend a good chunk of your money on experiences and education and keep some yeah, that, stuff. But man, the, the people stopping and like stopping or like not wanting to continue with any other form of education, like after post secondary is it's so common. And it's like you said, it's like one of the things that could actually change everything from like, for your whole life, your whole set of circumstances, my grandfather was like, I think he was in his 60s he went back to college and took like an art program because he wanted to learn how to paint better just just to make his retirement like a little better he's like i have all these ideas of things i want to paint but i can't put it on the canvas let me at 60 or something let me go take an art course so like yeah like, it's amazing enjoy that enjoy that hobby a little more he wasn't doing it for money or anything like right he'd donate paintings to like the hospitals and retirement homes like literally just a hobby but like seeing that has always reinforced me that like oh yeah the learning process like never stops and in fact like you shouldn't want it to stop you should always be wanting to be better at whatever it is that you're doing whether you're a plumber or an actor or whatever it is especially if you're an actor actors i think are like it's underrated the amount that you guys work like i think the amount of fucking workshops and like auditions and then just even like practicing in your own time like that that's just uh like an incredibly difficult art form to stay consistent and positive with i would say yeah yeah like i mean like many it's you you see the tip of the iceberg in mm -hmm. in the form of like the the top people and celebrities but you don't see beneath all the water the 80 90 95 percent that they've spent working on the craft, working on their voice, working on their body, rehearsing, quote unquote, paying their dues, all, all of that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a there's a growth level. And it's the classic, classic tw uh, 20 year overnight success for for most, for most <laughs> is there, people. 
Is there any like uh, like success stories that you like to kind of look at as um, like I'll give you an example, not not of a success story, but kind of what of what I'm talking about here. Like I always like looking at bios or like people's history to get an idea of the mistakes that they made perhaps right. in the field that I'm interested in, say it's stand up, and then be like, okay, I'm gonna save, you know, I'm gonna do this in half the time now because I can see oh, all yeah. the mistakes they made and just not do that and do it this way. So is there any like success stories that you often like go to, to be like, Oh, this is my guiding light. Um, there's not, I don't know that there's a few, that many, st- I would say to the, what I look to now is just current, current thought leaders and a lot of authors. Like I read a lot of books. I have my go-to podcasts. I would say in, in show business, you hear of some of the common ones. Sylvester Stallone is, has a huge story with Rocky where he he writes Rocky, attempts to sell it. Um, so they want to buy it for a massive amount of money. They love it, but he can't be the lead according to the studio. So they say, well, yeah, we'll buy it from you. We'll pay this big fat chunk of change. I forget what the number was, but it was, it was life-changing uh, for him. And then he refused because he's like, no, this is my story. I wrote this for me. I wrote, I like, nobody knows who Rocky is other than me. This is my vehicle, my thing. And then he continued to toil and toil and toil and try to sell it. I think the famous story is he sold his bucks to, to what do you call it? Like pond it sort of thing so that he would have to be like, come back and rebuy his dog. Oh, <laughs> um, and then eventually someone settled on it. Someone was like, okay, we'll give you. So I think like okay. if he turned down, say he turned down 300,000 to not have him in it, he ended up selling it for like 50,000 and he could be in it. And then it wins best picture and he gets all the accolades and he's forever who he is. So I think that that's a famous lesson of sticking to your guns and sticking to your dreams, um, believing in yourself. Um, I mean, who knows, maybe if he sold it for 300,000 and he wasn't Rocky, he would have written something else and then would have been fine anyways. But yeah, um, you always, I always like the, everything happens for a reason thing, but there's always that small part of you that's like, yeah, but like, what if, that you know what I mean right. like what if he just took it and then took that money that extra money he got and then did something else you know yeah put himself in the yeah. second one or something yeah like. actually actually the the I'll share a second part of that um my second answer now that I think about it is my brother my brother James uh he was a drummer and he was a producer in New York City um aspiring musician and his main thing was to be a drummer and, and put bands together and, and make music and produce his own shows uh, and then when he was in New York City, he was also working as a day job. He was a booker with ICM talent agency. So he was working for one of the most premier um, talent agencies in, in the country. And when he was 33, he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, uh, just sort of the bottom of his esophagus, uh, wow. top of his stomach, uh, went through some uh, radiation and chemo. And then they were going to do surgery to remove a little bit of it. So surgery went, or the chemo went well, the radiation went well, uh, and they were going to have surgery. And then they, right before surgery, they went in to do, um, like a CAT scan and MRI to, to just make sure he's good for the surgery. And they found a little bit of something wonky in his, in his collarbone, which turned out to be metastasized cancer. Uh, very quickly spread to his brain and his his um, spinal fluid. And he was diagnosed in, I think, like February of 2003. And by December of 2003, uh, he died 
he passed away from it. They at one point in August they gave him two months to it, uh, two years wow. being terminal, uh, being yeah. in his brain. Um, and so I, the only reason I mentioned him is the whole time he was still working, he was still drumming in bands, uh, he was doing his day thing, he was helping other musicians. Um, a week before he passed away, he did a show in Times Square at BB King's, the famous blues blues bar there where he was kind of loopy and, and on still on chemo drugs and on like a little bit of morphine and some steroids. So he was a little That's fucked up, crazy. but um, drumming his fucking heart out with his band. And it was a fun, it was a cancer fundraiser, which turned out to be his last performance. He died a week later uh, in New York city. Um, but his story really inspired me. That was 2003. I didn't start stand up till 2009, but part of that seeing him, what it was, was, a seeing someone in the pocket living their dreams like he's he was born in toronto was always wanted to be a musician and, and in, in show business in that way moved to toronto to, or moved to new york to pursue it at a higher level was in it daily weekly doing all the things um living his dream playing his game obviously unfortunately had it all ripped away from him in the form of cancer but i never forgot that where i was like man don't ever get caught living your life playing some game that you don't even give a fuck about and then dying and then or being on your deathbed thinking like what did i even do i had one opportunity here it's m&m it's you get if you got one shot one opportunity will you capture it you know and, yeah. and it's that and he's, he's, it's he's that, talking about that story. life not even just like yeah. an opportunity yeah to do something like yeah just, not even financial just what do, what do you want your life to be yeah, yeah. so i i witnessed that as a young age at a young age i was only 25 when that happened and I was in a corporate wow. career and then five six years later but I think that seeing him that was the beginning of me realizing okay don't be doing something in a nine-to-five or a corporate scenario just for a paycheck that isn't fulfilling yeah. and isn't isn't your top level dream or your top level best self and that's that's what interestingly enough I watched Eminem's Eight Mile and Notorious B.I.G. the the, the Biggie Smalls movie in a span of like two months right before I started stand up. And wow. those two movies too would just fucking pump me up so much that I'm like, <laughs> I gotta do this. And then I answered, I don't know if you know this, I answered an ad on Kijiji that said, so you wanna be a comedian? And that was my first, I had made a couple silly videos on YouTube, just some like dumb white guy raps, uh, sort of in the vein of, of uh, John Lajoie's music at a time, uh, at the time. Uh, really a rip off of that or I was inspired by him so I decided to make my own goofy raps but then quickly started to do stand-up after that and it was those it was first my brother then uh, always being inspired and being a big fan of comedy and mm -hmm. big fan of sketch comedy like I was I was a fiend for devouring Saturday Night Live in living color mad tv um SCTV in Canada kids in the hall and then like obviously Simpsons and family guys. Yeah. So I was just one of those guys who was like, I was enamored by comedy and around my buddies, we'd always be quoting those things. But there I was working in a corporate world, sort of doing one thing and, and almost in a way acting. Like I was sort of acting yeah. like, oh, what's a corporate guy supposed to do? How do, how do we talk? Like gotta be formal and gotta be professional and all these things. I do that like as humans, like I had a friend who just joined like the, like, reserves basically the army reserves and then he was there for maybe like eight weeks or something and then he came back and he was like completely different just standing <laughs> standing completely straight we're like right 
he's talking a certain way, you know, he's saying like shit like, oh, 1200 hours. We're like, right. Well, not. And it's because well, he had like taken over, like that's how you fit in in that environment, right? Like we all right. kind of mold ourselves to fit the environment that we're finding ourselves in. It's very rare that you get to just like be yourself. Like I am just who I am. That's what, that's what yeah. I wanted this podcast to be up too, is just to get me out there. I don't know. Like if there's people interested in learning more about me, here it is. And you can listen to yeah. hours upon hours upon hours. Yeah, but exactly. This, this corporate job, did you, so like, were you already prior to everything happening with your brother, were you already like thinking, I'm not really happy with this. Like, I don't really like, or were you that was really the, going uh, through it? I don't at that point I don't think I was thinking uh, that I was unhappy later I was a few years later I, before I be, be, got into it I was I was very dissatisfied and just not maybe not even dissatisfied just unmotivated and I just knew that I wasn't in the right spot but with that specific company um, it was uh, financial services uh, life and health insurance I was uh, helping being I was a branch manager so I was helping run an office I was doing interviews I was meeting with clients I was running uh, a sales team and in, in, in an office of, of people, um, very customer and client oriented as well. But um, I, I sort of stumbled into it. And I was never like, no one's no one, no little kid is like, what's my what are you going to be when you grow up, I'm going to work in financial services and run yeah. my own branch and be a regional yeah. manager like that's not it made a lot a ton of financial sense. They had a great growth. Um, and development program within the company the the company culture was very positive so i can't speak poorly at all from a corporate standpoint but it was i just knew like it was just the idea of like okay i'm here and i'm doing well and i'm making good money and i was like i had never had that much money i made more money than my father ever made in his life as a high school teacher in the second year with this company so i'm like a 22 year old kid and i just made more money than my dad ever made in any single year so that yeah, was kind changes of changes the household a bit yeah. yeah a little bit i mean i was out of the household but yeah, yeah, um yeah. but uh i mean that's just a comment on i mean bottom line with teachers teachers need to be paid more money i think that's the, yeah, that's too. that's the side addendum there um but yeah it was just it was just i i was never i wasn't there in a position thinking i'm here because this is my calling or this is my life's purpose mm -hmm. or or anything like that and i don't know necessarily you need to think like that at age 22 or 23 anyways you mentioned the idea of figuring out who you are or putting your authentic self out i think for most people that's after a certain age like you're probably your authentic self as a kid until eventually you get fucked up from family relationships or society in general. And then you build up all this, whatever society protections, fear, yeah, yeah. Um, hurt, all the scars that you might have from emotional stuff. Uh, and then you spend probably your twenties, thirties, forties, maybe fifties, maybe your whole life sort of stripping that away and then realizing, oh, okay, who am I really? Like, what do I want mm -hmm. my authentic thoughts to be? Because chances are you early on in your life, you thought what your parents thought based on where you were born. What religion are you? You're the parent, you're the geographical religion that your parents were or their parents were based on where you lived. Yeah, so even what's are those your, your hockey team? Like that's yeah, really yeah. even dependent on your family. Like what is your family? Yeah, like? well, all those guys were screaming for that guy. So yeah. I... If I that showed up in the team. wrong color, then people yelled at me. So I wore blue, you know. And so we've been <laughs> engraving those kind of like acting abilities since the time that we're like in that developmental phase. I think we're not even developmental phase, but like phase where you're starting to socialize. 
and just yeah it's a survival skill yeah. yeah to a certain degree it's a survival skill but then it only lets you fit in with the pack and most people mm -hmm. to thrive and really expand it means it means being yourself and and being the type of person that can zig when people are zagging or zagging when people yeah. are zigging man like i love the um oh yeah there's two things that i want to say the you were talking about the goofy rap videos that you had on youtube i was talking to do you know sean siriani i had him on yeah of the, course yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i've been oh, on his yeah. pod, he, podcast uh creative imbalance and yeah. uh he hasn't been on mine yet, but uh, I owe him. I owe him a spot. Yeah. yeah, you gotta get him on. We were laughing about like uh, when he like first had you on the podcast or whatever. He was like saying that him and his dad or somebody used to watch those videos and just laugh their ass off. And then for him to like finally like meet you or like run into you in person, he was like, "Oh yeah, you're that guy from the right." <laughs> and it's like what it's amazing what that small step of you deciding like I'm gonna make this song, I'm gonna make this video. And then years down the line, it like forms a friendship or it forms like another connection. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. By those yeah. That's funny. Moments. Yeah. And that was like, that was me as a 23 year old kid with a, with a friend of mine and a handy cam. And I had a dumb idea for me to go dance like an idiot in the park. And I, I wrote all the lyrics and I wrote, I made the music in, um, garage band and just looped looped a very rudimentary thing and and literally in like two days we uh, went out and filmed a bunch of things like I kind of had an idea in my head like what I would be doing for each line and then I snipped it all together in iMovie um, and those two first things like literally I made two YouTube videos and six months later they actually did end up on Comedy Network on they had a show early YouTube years called Upload Yours where they would put together a clip show based on Canadian content creators, YouTube wow. clips. Um, and that's probably how Sean saw that. But I remember doing that. This is that it was that it was doing that was one of the reasons that I realized, oh, yeah, I'm on the right path. Because I, I spent like we spent a 12 hour day in a park shooting it. And then I would be up all night editing a few times iMovie crash. So I'd spend like six hours putting all these little the things together in the love. timeline yeah, yeah, and yeah. iMovie would freeze and crash and I would lose the whole thing. And instead of quitting, I would be like, fuck, I guess I'm going to spend four more hours building that video back together. And oh, I just lost, like I, I wasn't really paying attention to, to time or eating or sleeping. And I was just like, Oh, I fucking love this. And it was just mostly silly bro jokes, dick jokes. Like there was nothing highbrow or brilliant about it, but it was, it was goofy and fun, but yeah, I lost yeah. myself in it and was, and I remember being like, Oh, my friends are going to love this. This is going to be great. Part of it was just for my friends and my buddies. I was like, as long as my buddies see this and laugh and think it's stupid, then, then I'm good to go. Yeah. Uh, you knew your audience. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, yeah, that's was interesting. Say, and, and to that is, is like so important. Yeah. And Sean, shout out to Sean Siriani. I met him, I was, I was living in Guelph at the time and I was coming to Toronto for an audition on the Go Bus, which is like the milk run. It's like two and a half hours on, yeah. I think two buses. And I met him somewhere in like, where would it have been? Like Milton or something like that um, at a transfer. And we're just both sitting in like the Go Bus shelter waiting in the middle of nowhere for the next Go Bus to Toronto. And I noticed he had a tripod. And I was like, oh, you have a photographer, videographer. And he started telling me that he shoots the, um, 
the the king of the dot the rap battle stuff that he that yeah, he does yeah. um and in london when i first started scott jackson who's a renowned world champion beatboxer he's from london uh, he's either from london or he had london ties we had them him on our show so right away like i meet this guy in the middle of nowhere at a go bus we have a mutual friend who he's worked like deeply with and i've had him on a show where he was our guest and then we had a conversation on the go bus into town and then like seven years later however long it's been i'm on his podcast he's on your podcast like it's so weird how that stuff works out that's some of my favorite my favorite stories are origin stories for people and then just the dumb weird ways that people meet and yeah then they end right. up being connected forever yeah there, there's also this um uh i saw that kanye west like premiered i don't know if it came out to i think it came out today he premiered like a new documentary um called genius g j e e uh n y u a that's appropriate it's yeah it's like jeezy like jeez jeez i gotta like this is for the people on youtube too this is why you watch on youtube everybody listening on spotify and apple but like we gotta just react to this clip here because it it killed me so the fact that on can you see it here uh it says screen sharing there it is yep yeah you good you got it okay yeah so <laughs> talking about like Sylvester Stallone and knowing exactly like what he wanted in his vision and people not being able to see it you would think looking at Kanye you're like if Kanye pitched like let's sell Yeezy diapers everybody would be like yeah let's go that's right. genius but it wasn't always that way and this clip is literally evidence of it this man I've never seen anyone get denied so hard <laughs> For a song that ended up being like one of the selling millions of copies, literally. Is it Gold Digger? Is it Gold no, Digger? No, Gold Digger. Oh, okay. On, watch this. He's like, let me play some stuff. He's trying to play music for um, the record company. We're gonna get taken off YouTube. <laughs> takes literally takes it as teeth for the marketing producer. Amazing. At- was it okay he's rapping no watch there's a knock at the door he goes and lets in the person as he's trying to play them his song and then people just come in the office and just start talking and having totally different conversations right in the middle as he's like i have this really cool song that i'm working on that'd be great if you could just like listen to it i'm just gonna yeah like people don't give a fuck (laughs) like yeah and in that moment he's like this is my shot my one yeah, opportunity yeah. he's like i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring the yeezy and I'm after this i just in. pop off yeah 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 this is it he this literally it. thought this is it this is my moment and so I, you know what i noticed though is like it's his very like meek demeanor at this stage in his life that is the reason why no one's listening to him because like the second that you start hearing like the big Kanye West like origin stories is when he was acting like not crazy I don't want to say crazy but acting like uh very confident let's say that he would literally like Jay-Z tells the story of him like getting on the table in the middle of a recording session when he was just a beat producer didn't even have an album out and he was like I'm the greatest rapper alive like I'm gonna I'm gonna save Chicago like he's saying yeah. like all of these crazy things and like this guy doesn't even have an album out yet and he's like acting yeah. like he's like 
the king of the hill. But that's what it took to just get noticed so that he could get all of these right auditions all of these like entrances into the industry basically right yeah i mean kanye is a very controversial guy especially right now in the, in the last few years but no matter how you feel about him you have to respect the hustle and the drive and the determination and and he's like he went after something decided hey it's got to start with me i'm going to be my own number one fan if i need to be the number one if i need to be the president of my own fucking fan club I'm going to do that and I'm going to step up and use my voice and take what I want really is, is what like, yeah. maybe not take it. I don't know about take it from others, but get, get what you want. Assuming, I mean, I'm assuming that Kanye is a fairly abundant minded guy. So I don't think he was thinking I got to take shit from other people, but I'm going to no, get no. what I want. Like, I'm gonna right. Like, it. Like, I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to create it. I'm going to go after it. And I think, especially in Canada, uh, we're very, um, apologetic and and very polite we like to ask for permission here in canada and i think there's a certain level maybe not the full audacity of of the american mentality because i think sometimes that borders into selfishness slash um success at all costs even if it means stepping on other people i think there's a little bit of that but somewhere in between is the sweet spot where you need to be deciding you know what i want something I'm going to go get it. I don't give a fuck about a gatekeeper. There's no gatekeepers anymore. It's like, if this is your life, you don't like, nobody tells you what you can and can't do unless you're actually unless in a country. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, you, you could be actually in a country where you're fully repressed or you're fully in jail or, or you're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and yeah. So I will preface that by saying, I'm saying this from the most of course, of white course. privileged area <laughs> of, of the world that I could possibly be in being a, a, a white male. Um, but generally, majority of people if you're watching a podcast on youtube right now on your wi-fi and your internet connection you probably got a pretty decent life and yeah so cool you can... it with the comments yeah yeah cool it with the comments cool it with the comments hey lars nice captain's hat nice <laughs> yeah who's yeah. who's this by the, by the way um this is a captain's hat for a boat that i do not own yet yes. like my penthouse here at 150 central park south uh the penthouse of the hampshire yeah. house building in You're central park in a con it's a it's manifestation it's, it's manifestation yeah That's i was i was give, i was given the hat <laughs> um to feel my way into it and it's going to be um the one i got my eye on is a hundred foot solar yacht so solar i feel like i never wanted a yacht before until i heard about these ones that were solar because i didn't want to be that much of like they're just gas hogs just big polluters but it's zero emissions unlimited range and my idea johnny is to have it like it's a floating studio slash showboat going port to port around the world globally vip private parties private shows like it. uh like land in a port do maybe do a show in the city proper and then the late show or the vip after party um kanye you're invited uh johnny you're invited jay-z hey. beyonce you're invited same uh, yeah yeah same booth right here right here yeah 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 it's I called this like, com company called silent yachts and they make silent. these beautiful be they call them silent because they're because they're solar so they you don't hear the roaring diesel engine uh, but <laughs> yeah. unlimited range and no no emissions so it's just like they just go sail forever. into uncharted waters so you can do right? anything exactly international waters i'm going to be a comedy pirate i'm going to be a <laughs> A pirate on the open seas. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to pillage while I tell jokes. <laughs> the right. focus comes in. 
Right. I was uh, yeah. the the like um, whole idea though of like taking people's attention for a moment to like get what you want. It just reminded me of like that one audition story you were telling me about for I think it was like Cineflex where they had already decided on like their guy. They knew exactly yeah. who and then you came in and just did like the craziest like character that there's oh fuck, okay, all right. Now I guess now we have to completely reevaluate like what yeah. who we're gonna pick. Yeah, I snatched that one. That was one of the best lessons. And I'm really thankful that that uh, director, Rob Lazar is his name. He was the director of the internal videos and the advertising videos for Cineplex Studios uh, here in Canada. Um, and specifically, he was doing the, the promotional videos for the volunteer program for TIFF, for the Toronto International Film Festival. And there was an audition. Um, I was slotted late in the day but I was out of town shooting something. I think I was out of town shooting a short film. So I was like kind of living the actor dream. Uh, had just shot like a weekend. I think maybe it was a Monday and I was coming back after a weekend shoot. Um, so I'm on like the, the Via rail train thinking like, look at me, I'm a real actor. I was on set all weekend, arriving back into, into Toronto just in the nick of time to go to another audition. But I think the train was running late. So I was like frantically texting my agent to contact production and casting to be like, let them know I'm coming. I'm definitely going to be there, but I'm going to be there like right at five. And their session was like, maybe my time slot might've been 4.30. And so I was a little late, but I let them know in advance. I was being as professional as I could. Um, and I literally like, it had the vibe of, oh, you guys are packing up here. And I'm like arriving as you're, it sort of felt like that. Not quite, like it wasn't like they were out but the door like and had to go back yeah, in. Yeah. Um, but the role was, the role was like classic Igor, like, like just scary, scary hunchback Igor, like Frankenstein's uh, helper. And um, the Rob Lazar told me, he told me after, and I'm so, so, so thankful he told me, he said, you came and just committed, like they, they made me improv some stuff. And, and they were like, you were just so terrifying. Also, they saw me come in and they're like, okay, we already know who our Igor is. By the end of the session, they had their lead person, the, the guy that they, they yeah. wanted it to be. And then I walk in and I'm like six, three, blonde hair, blue eyes. Like that's not Igor, <laughs> but <laughs> I just, I, like I got the physicality of it. I just kind of made myself gross and made ugly faces yeah. and put, kind of put on, a, put on a little voice. And they made me like improv. Um, I think they were like, if you're Igor, improv uh having having us over like we're your dinner guest or like we're your date sort of thing so yeah. it was very like creepy and like yes yes try this like that kind of stuff and they were like you took it your performance and your commitment you our mind was made up and we're like we got to give it to this guy and then thankfully he told me that and i always learned that lesson of like even if you don't fit the breakdown um, maybe you don't think it's for you. Maybe you arrive, uh, in the day of, um, in-person castings, maybe you arrive to the waiting room and you look around and you're like, okay, everyone looks different than me. I don't look like any of these mm -hmm. guys. Like, why am I, why am I here? Just realizing that you and your performance or, or like Steve Martin behind you, you always used to say, be so good. They can't ignore you. Um, bring yourself to it, bring what you want to it and change people's minds, you know, go after what you want and like, blow people away with your performances and yeah if they hadn't cast me they hadn't cast me I, I would have still felt fine I would have felt good that I made it there and 
threw my hat in the ring. That out, you, know you know what I mean? Like that's fun. Like who who gets to say that's part of their job? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You get to act out these characters. Even yeah, I wish I had pictures. I wish I had pictures because the makeup, uh, the make the makeup artist, uh, Lisa Gustafson is her name. She's a Toronto ma- makeup artist. I was all like greasy and dirty. And when I had long hair, she put all like uh, gel and like, um, must've been like Vaseline. Yeah. I was all oily and greasy and she gave me like extra scars. And I was just basically wearing like a burlap sack as a, (laughs) as a thing. Like it was gross. Yeah. And, and it was all, it was all in the, in the guise of Frankenstein. It was for their midnight madness, um, uh, programming, which is all like horror and slasher and thriller and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And now Rob Lazar, uh, shout out to Rob Lazar. He's, um, I believe he's like the creative director director for all of TIFF proper now. So he's involved oh, in, in programming movies and organizing their whole um, show run. Yeah. <laughs> and he was hilarious. Rob Lazar is one of those guys uh, where, um, and anyone listening, I feel like people listening will know him because he was casting a lot of spots um, regarding that uh, TIFF campaign. Um, but He's like, he's, he may be the funniest guy I know who was not a comedian. He was just so like the type where, I don't know if you've ever been around people who are not comedians and you're a comedian. You're like, your agent was like that. I was losing my shit. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where I'm like, you're funnier than me. Like that doesn't mean, (laughs) that doesn't mean that he can do stand up because being on stage in a, in that atmosphere is different. But I've been around people like that where you're like, I'm not even a comedian compared to you. You're fucking <laughs> hilarious. Like everything you drop and to the point where you don't even have a comeback, like he'll, yeah. he'll zing you with something. And you're just like, <laughs> and you're like I don't know what, yeah. I have nothing to say to that, but that was great. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, we're coming up to an hour here. So I always ask one last question. If you could uh, pick up, we're picking up a phone right now to a multiverse. So none of this, affects the actual timeline that you live in right now right but you're calling 15 year old bars in the multiverse in an alternate reality you're going to give them a little bit of advice what do you say to them uh i would say you're destined for greatness the seeds of greatness are inside you and that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that in that yeah, timeline yeah, just th- puttering over the seeds of greatness are inside me. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? What did I eat? Oh shit, I ate a watermelon earlier. <laughs> that wasn't a watermelon, that was a greatness melon. Um, <laughs> yeah, great, I think man. that's the mess, like the message to people is I mean, yeah, you we talked about growth. So yes, you have to train, you have to develop, you have to learn, you have to seek out mentors, put in the work, put in the discipline. But I think it all becomes it all begins with a belief in yourself uh, and a belief in your own humanity. And I think if you're here now listening, you're alive on Earth and you won that lottery to be a human being in the greatest time ever, then just realizing that you deserve what it is that you believe in, that your dreams are were given to you and you alone, the whispers that you have in your ears when you wake up and when you go to bed are for you. They're not meant to other, for other people. So you don't need other people's um, uh, backing by that, whether it's family or friends, you don't need anyone to rally around you and support you for that. You just need to believe in you and then believe and trust that everything you need is somewhere in your uh, head, heart, and hips. And, and then just to believe in that and then to go for it. Powerful shit, man. I would scare the fuck out of my 15 year old self. You'd be like, (laughs) man, 
get away from me. <laughs> you just be like, get away. I just want to be like, I just want to play baseball and fantasize about the pretty girls in uh, English class uh, right now. <laughs> that, that was and video games. It was Nintendo, maybe Super Nintendo. That would yeah, be like, what so are heavy you with this life advice shit, man? Yeah, life great, advice. Man. I work one Saturday shift at can Zellers as a stock beat, boy. Yeah, yeah, like, can you tell me how to beat Mario 64? Yeah, tell me how to beat Mario and tell me how to get that girl to kiss me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, maybe I should change the age on this. Right. Let's make it eight-year-old, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 15-year-olds, it was yeah. like, yeah, it was like, tuck your boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be like, don't give them life advice. Give them real plausible advice. You can right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, everybody follow Lars Classington at Lars Classington on Instagram, uh, on Twitter as well. The same. All links are in the description below. Go check out the Actors Audition Club. There's tons of uh, stuff on LaughingVikings.com. Yes. Yeah. For everyone who's an actor, uh, we help actors rehearse and record professional auditions without tech troubles, without having to bug your family and friends so that you can produce higher quality auditions and then book more roles in TV and film. Huge. So check that out. And uh, yeah, next Sunday, depending on when this is airing, but um, February 27th. Thursday. Uh, great. Laughing Vikings presents Eric Johnson and his run with the Bull Comedy Tour in Bracebridge at Bracebridge Hall in Muskoka. It's a beautiful, very intimate venue. There's a max of 50 seats. Uh, so it's an amazingly intimate venue. I'm hosting and Eric Johnson is the headliner. He's toured all across the states and all across Canada. He's one of the best in the country. Uh, so come check that out as well. Yeah, there you go, guys. Go check out that comedy show and all those links down in the description below. Thank you to everyone on Spotify and iTunes for listening. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and share the episode with your friend. Lars, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Oh, uh, one more thing. I just, I I really want to show you this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) Sorry, the the force field is still on. I got to talk. I got to talk to the guy. It's a code. There's a pass. There's a password. That's the show, everybody. I've been your host, Johnny Rogers. Stay classy. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Johnny Rogers Show. New episodes air every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.